This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, May 24th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farmers make up ground on planting. NGFA and RFA suggest changes to Surface Transportation Board proposal and Japan wants U.S. back in the TPP. Farmers make critical progress on planting. Farmers are catching up fast on planting, although there continue to be significant delays in North Dakota and Minnesota affecting both corn and spring wheat. As of Sunday, 72% of the corn crop had been planted. That according to the USDA's weekly crop progress report. The average rate at this point is 79%. A week ago, farmers had planted just 49% of the 2022 crop. Farmers who haven't been able to plant because of the wet weather of the northern plains could soon start filing prevented plant claims on their crop insurance if they think it's a better deal than planting a late crop that might have lower yields. Just 49% of the spring wheat crop is planted compared to the normal rate of 83%. Just 27% of the crop had been planted in North Dakota, but only 11% in Minnesota. At the same time, much of the nation's winter wheat crop continues to be in bad shape. Some 24% of the crop is rated very poor, 17% poor. In parts of the southern and central plains, the numbers are even worse. Some 79% of the Texas winter wheat crop, 54% of the Colorado crop, 46% of the Oklahoma crop is in poor to very poor condition. About 40% of the Kansas crop is in poor or very poor condition. NGFA and RFA back the STB proposal with modifications. The National Grain and Feed Association and Renewable Fuels Association, they're backing a proposal by the Surface Transportation Board to address acute service emergencies, but would like to see some changes. NGFA said in a news release that it is supporting the proposal's provision to shorten the process for petitions for emergency service orders, quote, but suggests that the board make it mandatory for an identified alternative carrier to reply to the petition. RFA also said it's supportive of the proposal, but said the newly proposed timeline for petitions is still too long. On-site storage for ethanol at a typical ethanol plant is less than one week's production. RFA President and CEO Jeff Cooper wrote to the board, Thus, trimming only a few days off of the petition process does not fully address emergency issues at facilities that could still be forced to shut down due to the lack of power to pull full cars or return empties. You can reply comments on the proposal. They're due by June 6th. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Dairy Management Incorporated serves America's 34,000-plus dairy farmers and dairy importers by managing research and marketing programs aimed at promoting dairy consumption and protecting the good image of dairy farmers, dairy products, and the dairy industry. Funded entirely by dairy farmers, DMI has distinguished itself as a strategic consultant and valuable resource to businesses and organizations in the food and beverage sector that seek to increase sales and raise their image through the innovative use of dairy and dairy ingredients. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. 
Japan's Prime Minister asks Biden about U.S. rejoining TPP. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida yesterday took the opportunity during a joint press conference with President Joe Biden to ask him to bring the U.S. back into the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Pact. That's something that a lot of U.S. agriculture uh, ag exporters would like to see happen, but Biden administration officials continue to throw cold water on the idea. When asked by reporters why the U.S. is not considering joining the Pacific Rim Trade Pact, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai called it, quote, too fragile. She stressed that the Biden administration's Indo-Pacific economic framework, by contrast, quote, will link major economies and emerging ones to tackle 21st century challenges and promote fair and resilient trade for years to come. Tai has called traditional free trade agreements like the TPP, 20th century trade tools, and on Monday said the trade packs which focus on tariff reduction are very much a part of the practice that has brought us to where we are, both in terms of the fragility of where that trajectory has taken us. Ag Group says farmers need more on benefits of Indo-Deal. U.S. farm groups issued statements yesterday in praise of President Joe Biden's announcement that 12 countries have signed up to be part of the U.S.-led Indo-Pacific economic framework. But ag exporters need to know a lot more about how the effort will help increase trade to some of the fastest-growing international markets, according to Farmers for Free Trade. The Indo-Pacific Economic Framework is a laudable first step to re-engaging in the region, said Brian Keel, the group's executive director. However, it will be essential that the administration articulate how an agreement that does not currently include tariff reduction will provide new market access and economic opportunities for farmers. As negotiations progress, we encourage the administration to speak directly to farmers, food producers, and rural Americans about how IPEF can directly benefit them. Farmers, Keel said, are still uh, sore from losing out when the U.S. removed itself from the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Pact. WOTUS Roundtable reflects divisions and debate over federal definition. The second EPA Army Corps of Engineers Roundtable on how to define waters of the U.S. under the Clean Water Act included clashing viewpoints from a diverse set of stakeholders. Ray Gasser, an Iowa farmer, member of the Iowa Soybean Association and Solutions from the Land, joined with Illinois corn growers and representative of the Home Builders Association of Kansas City in opposing a WOTUS definition, including ephemeral and intermittent streams. Environmental reps, however, including a North Dakota farmer representing a local Sierra Club chapter, contended that all waters are connected and advocated protection for isolated wetlands as well as streams, even if they do not flow run year-round. Megan Dwyer, Director of Conservation and Nutrient Stewardship at Illinois Corn Growers, said farmers want practical solutions and durable definition of WOTUS. Lilius Jarding, however, of the Black Hills Clean Water Alliance in South Dakota said the ever-changing definitions of WOTUS made it difficult to protect ephemeral and intermittent waterways. 
Well, here's today's They Said It. The U.S. EPA has consistently found that glyphosate-based herbicides can be used safely and are not carcinogenic in line with leading regulators worldwide. If the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decision in Hardeman is left standing, it would undermine the ability of companies to rely on official actions taken by expert regulatory agencies and to meet today's pressing food security and environmental challenges. That Bayer, the parent company of Monsanto, had a statement yesterday on the filing of its final brief seeking review of a Ninth Circuit decision that upheld a damages award for Roundup exposure. The filing came the same day that ag groups called on President Biden to withdraw a Solicitor General brief recommending denial of the petition. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, May 24th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.